4: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.
5: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good
3: Morning
4: Football!
5: Bye! The Peaky Blinders, this is Good Morning Football on a Friday, a <laughs> tradition unlike any other. I am Kyle Brandt, that's Will Selva, that's Sean here, that's Tom Pelissero. and you, my friends watching at home, need to know that two of these gentlemen that you see on the screen right now are predicting a Colts Super Bowl championship today? Boom! It's going to be that kind of show. Everybody buckle up. It's the lead block. GMFB on a Friday. Lead block. Lead block. All right, so Tom Pellicero, you're in here. You're wearing your plum hoodie today. Devontae Adams is all over the news. We're going to get to him in just a minute. But in fact, we're starting the show today with a legit bit of news from one of Devontae's new teammates. What's going on?
3: Another day, another big-time wide receiver contract. This time, it is Hunter Renfro who has agreed to terms with the Raiders on a two-year contract. $32 million contract extension, including $21 million guaranteed. He is now under contract with Las Vegas through 2024, when he'll still be Only 29 years old, Renfro coming off of a breakout third NFL season with 103 catches for over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Should have even more opportunities now in Josh McDaniel's offense. You go back three years ago, he's a fifth-round draft pick out of Clemson in 2019. Ends up being one of the best picks of the John Gruden, Mike Mayock era. This deal actually was agreed to on Wednesday night, but Renfro did not want news to get out until after minicamp, did not want to distract from his teammates. So he'll head into the facility today, sign the contract, then fly back home to South Carolina in, and I'm not joking, a middle seat in the back of the plane. That is who Hunter Renfro (laughs) is. He is about the work, and the work has paid off big time for
5: him boarding group c tom there's a lot of memes with he and dk metcalf shirtless (laughs) and the joke is these two gentlemen play the same position well uh hunter renfro had more receptions and more yards than dk metcalf last year he is an awesome player he is now paid maybe at least upgrade for the six more inches of leg room in coach hunter you can do it it's fine no one will judge you (laughs) In the meantime, one of his new teammates is also uh, an excellent, excellent player. And we, in the football media, got a treat yesterday because Devontae Adams talked to the media as the Raiders wrapped up their mandatory minicamp. He is always uh, very candid, very eloquent, and he talked about everything, guys. He talked about Rodgers. He talked about Carr. Have a listen to the new Las Vegas wide receiver, number 17.
6: This offense has, has a ton of potential. We got players all over that have made plays and have, have done a great job and been doing it for a long time now. But the potential is, is nothing until you put the work in, and we still got a long way to go. A lot of guys that, that can go, you know, make plays and give this this offense the potential to explode, but it ain't going to just happen because we're standing out there. So we got to put that, you know, keep stacking the days and, and put the work in. We talked throughout the whole process too, and he was aware of where I stood and I was aware of where he stood. And we had talks just like what he said the other day. He mentioned we had talks about his future and what he what he thinks his his duration in Green Bay or just football in general would look like, and you know that played into into my decision as well because you know where I'm in my career, you know, and this isn't a shot at anybody, any other quarterbacks are you know, on the, in Green Bay, you know, I love Jordan Love, especially he's a he's a great guy, but I got I got aspirations of doing really really big things and and being remembered, and I just you know it just wasn't really a point in my career that I was willing to to sacrifice Aaron not being there, you know, after a year or two. All right, guys, so this is the kind of segment
5: that we live for. Couple of loaded topics Mm -hmm. within what Devante is talking about. You watched what he had to say yesterday. What stood out to you the most? Will, take it away. The comments
1: on Jordan Love were quite telling. He clearly wasn't comfortable with the unknown in Green Bay and was more comfortable with his relationship with Derek Carr. Now, he said, I love Jordan Love especially. He's a great guy. Translation in my book, I love you, I'm just not in love with you. A.J. Mm -hmm. Dillon said he saw Jordan Love get his swagger back. And then we heard Packers receiver Malik Taylor saying, you can tell in his body language, he just looks really relaxed. Well, was he not relaxed before? Did he have his swagger and he lost it? What exactly does that mean? He certainly has to prove that he's gotten a whole lot better. We remember when Aaron Rodgers, year three, had that it factor, and you knew you had something special. Here, We have no idea what Jordan Love, and I think for Devontae Adams to come out and say, yeah, he's a really great guy, not, wow, they are in great shape. Wow, the future looks great in Green Bay. That, to me, was a little bit of a head-scratcher. And don't forget, Sean, that Brian Gutekunst had come out and said his Terms of his future, we still don't know yet. So there's just been a lot of these telling comments coming out of Green Bay, Sean.
7: Normally, players will keep everything tight lipped and, hey, look, I'm not going to talk about the past. We're not going to go there. No, I mean, th- this is why the NFL needed a team in Las Vegas, all right? There's truth serum in there, and everybody's yep. just kind of hanging loose. I-, I think it's great what Devontae kind of shared with everybody. You're touching on it, Will. Two things jumped out. I mean, number one, him talking about, look, I didn't want to sacrifice years without Aaron Rodgers there. Maybe he's gone in a Maybe he's gone to two. I think that conversation that he had with Aaron Rodgers kind of went something like this Hey man, what do you think? Look, I, they want to sign me to this big deal. I just want to know, like, I'm going to be there if you're there. Are you there? Well, you know, listen R E L A S. Yeah. I'm taking this year by year. You got to do you. And that's how I think it went down. It was like, all right, you know what? Bet. Here we go. I'm going with my boy DC in Vegas. I'm signing a long-term deal. So I think Devontae kind of pulled back the curtain on what Aaron Rodgers is really thinking about. He's going year to year. The second thing is Devontae is talking a lot about Derek Carr and his abilities and all that stuff. But then he references Hunter Renfro. And Hunter Renfro just signed this big contract extension that Tom just laid out. The thing is, he said is, man, I'm learning from Hunter. Usually it's the the big prize free agent that comes to the team and everybody's like, wow, you know, I'm soaking up all this stuff from Devontae. I want to learn, hey, what'd you do up in Green Bay? No, Devontae is learning from Hunter Renfro, not just in the offense, but how to be a better veteran receiver, how to understand defenses and covers and all that stuff. I thought that was pretty impressive. I love the sound from Devontae Adams. I think we need to get him weaker
3: i thought the most interesting thing that davante adams said was confirming that the packers indeed offered him more money than the raiders did because that was something that came out shortly after the adams trade a lot of people scoffed at it oh it's the packers making excuses and it could have been phony numbers no this was real and the packers from what i understand made that push not just in february and march before trading adams to the raiders they also offered him more money last summer in training camp when the sides were not able to agree to an extension. That makes abundantly clear that what Devonte Adams was focused on was the reunion with Derek Carr, and also having certainty in terms of who his quarterback is. He hopes for years to come. Adams seems like he's been around forever. The guy is still only 29 years old and at the wide receiver position, we have seen plenty of receivers produce into their mid and even their late 30s. So Aaron Rodgers may be on the one or two year plan. Devontae Adams seems to be approaching this like the four, five, six, seven year plan. And with Derek Carr also extended in Las Vegas, the hope is obviously that Adams cannot just put up big numbers, but get a Super Bowl in Las Vegas as well and solidify himself as a Hall of Fame player.
5: Tom, I think to your point, I think if Aaron Rodgers is 32 years old right now or 35 years old, I think Demonte Adams is still a Packer. I I think he has big, big long-term plans, as he pointed out. Later, he mentions Jerry Rice in terms of his goals and aspirations. I, I think he wants to be the greatest ever play. And so he's like, I, I need more than two years with Aaron before I go into the unknown. I'd rather go with a younger guy who I have a history with and a comfort with and Carr. So one takeaway was that massive, massive plans for Devontae Adams and that the Rodgers portion of his career was only the introduction. I will say this. Devontae's a smart guy. He's savvy. He's good with the media. He did a lot of propping up of Derek Carr, up to and including direct comparisons and pointing out all the the similarities and the talent level between Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers and I'm just kind of reminded of someone who, um, let's say they have a wonderful relationship with someone who is, is friendly and smart and kind and beautiful and wealthy and then for whatever reason they break up and they get a new relationship that new relationship, they start posting all these great, we're having the best time on Instagram and Facebook and look how wonderful this person is because you sort of have to build that person up because they know that your ex is, is a prolific is a hall of famer, is a person and in a relationship just be careful getting the under the impression that Derek Carr while you do like him Devontae and we all like him he ain't Aaron Rodgers we've seen enough from both of those guys to know if it's third and 12 Derek Carr is a very talented guy who's done some good things in the league he's not number 12 your new girlfriend is not your ex I, I promise you that they may have some other things that are strong about them, that contribute to the relationship the other didn't. Don't fall under the impression that you are with the same guy. I understand why you're hyping him up. It's a smart thing to do. But my god, Tom, incredible report on Hunter Renfro and Will Salva's just a national treasure as always. Meantime, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow sports fans is the 154th running of the Belmont Stakes in Elmonts, New York, horse racing, hot, hot, hot. I'm actually going to go. I'm gonna go to the event. I'm tired of the Rappaports always going to the cool horse racing events. The Brants are gonna go. I'm gonna try (laughs) to take some pictures. I'll try to capture the experience for you and my co-host. We the People is the favorite, I hear. It's a two to one at this point, but let's have some fun with the world of football and the world of horse racing. It's called horsing around. (laughs) All right, guys, here we go. Let's have fun with some horse racing terminology there's an expression called breaking a maiden where you win your first race. Uh, you broke your maiden. It sounds a little bit dirty, but which NFL player, which yes. NFL veteran who has never won the big one this year, are you looking at this year to say that could be the, uh, they, their break maiden moment? Tom.
3: If there is a single veteran that seems to be in the perfect situation to win right now, I would argue that it might be Matt Ryan a guy who's already been to a Super Bowl. You might remember how that one ended in Atlanta. He's won an NFL MVP award, and he is part of a Colts team that under Frank Reich has had this nonstop, going back to the horse team, a carousel that they've been riding at that particular position. Look at the records of the quarterbacks that Frank Reich has had in his four seasons to this point. They've had success with everybody. What they have not had is any type of continuity. They went into the playoffs with Phillip Rivers and almost beat Buffalo in Buffalo. They went to the playoffs with Andrew Luck, and but for his decision to retire during training camp, that was a guy they thought they could win with long-term. Even Carson Wentz, and he's gotten kicked around on this show and everywhere else for the last five months because of what happened in those last two games of the regular season. They still were a 9-8 and eight football team despite the shortcomings that they had. Obviously the year with Brissett and Hoyer patching it together after Lux retirement. Not particularly ideal. But now all of a sudden you get a guy in, Matt Ryan, who Frank Reich is so high on. Still thinks he's got a lot left at age 37. Still throws the ball well. He's going to be able to manage the game. He doesn't have to do everything. He can play to the run game play to his defense. The Colts are built to win right now. Can they get a guy finally a quarterback and have some stability, not just for this season, but for the next season
7: or two beyond? I was actually gonna go that yeah. same route as Kyle alluded to to start the show. I too like Matt Ryan, but I feel like this is the most we've talked about Matt Ryan in three months. So I'm gonna to segue to another player. You just used all of our Matt Ryan footage in an Indianapolis Colts uniform. I'm gonna go with a savvy veteran who's been in the NFL 11 years. One of the all-time good guys in the NFL, great personalities. Give me Mr. Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan of the Saints, came there in 2011. Look, he's played in 11 playoff games. He's won five of them, but he's never got to the big dance, never won the big dance. Everybody thinks Cam has a ring. He came to the Saints after Breeze and the Saints won their Super Bowl. He got to see everybody get the ring, the banner drop, all that, but he never actually got to experience it. So I know everybody roots for this guy. It's unbelievable what this guy's done on the field. He's a nightmare to try to block. It's even more impressive what he's done off the field. Cam, great guy. I I would love to see him doing this as the confetti is falling and he gets that run.
1: I've got a real gray beard though, all right, Sean? Mine is Mercedes Lewis. The man has played in Ah. 234 career games, the same amount of games that Chris Carter played in and John Elway has played in. In some heady company there entering his 17th season, 38 years old, has played in multiple, multiple championship games. Well-respected, very reliable, but, ah, felt so bad for him because he fumbled the ball in the first quarter of that NFC Championship game. The Packers really couldn't get it going 10 years since he last had a fumble. So it never happens, was a freak thing, great tackle by Fred Warner, but... He fumbled only five times out of 426 career regular season catches, so it rarely happens. You feel bad for him. He said that he had nightmares just reliving that fumble over and over and over again. He played in that AFC Championship game when it was the Jaguars and the Patriots, multiple uh, championship games with the Packers as well, so he is absolutely, positively due for a Super Bowl ring, Aaron Rodgers, do what you
5: can. The man needs it. One of the all-time great Long Beach Polly Jackrabbits, Will Selva. I know you appreciate that. And we appreciate yes. the horse racing yeah. vernacular and the slang. I'm just going to read it right off my Microsoft surface. Guys, question number two. There's something called a Bill Daly. refers to taking a horse to the front at the start of the race and remaining there until the end of the race, essentially going wire and wire. Which team do you think will do a Bill Daly this year, start hot right away, and just really never cool down? Sean, what do you got?
7: When I'm on the golf course, I prefer a John Daly. But listen, Hey-o. I'm with the Buffalo Bills on this one. I think they're, they're going to hit the ground running. When you look at what they did last year to start the season, in five of their first six games, they put up 30-plus points. So they, they were hot right out of the gate. I, I think Josh Allen is a man on a mission. You lose a game the way that they lost it, and that just doesn't leave you. I mean, it burns with you. It sticks with you. Every single time you walk on the field with OTAs, minicamps, you're ready to rock. So I like Buffalo. My one question is just Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey is the new offensive coordinator taking over for Brian Dable. Can that guy pick up right where they left off?
1: For me, it is the Bucks. It feels a little bit like the Fast and the Furious, Dominic Toretto getting the family back together. And I believe this is Tom Brady getting the family back together. One last ride for him. They, of course, geared up. They are buckling up and ready to go. We know a lot of receiver depth there if Chris Godwin isn't ready. Gronk, though, still hasn't signed yet, but possibly we could see him joining the team before the start of the season. No inside information there. That's just my feeling. Brady indicating he he won't actually pressure Gronk to return, but come on. They've had these offseason throwing sessions, and also they had a bad taste in their mouths left over from that loss to the Rams in the playoffs. Leonard Fournette even told Tom Brady, you want to leave like that? No. Too many mistakes on the field. Mm -hmm. We have more to prove, and we were playing catch-up that whole game, so let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's get this thing done, Tom P. When we talk
3: about starting hot, I always look at the early portion of the schedule and where teams might have a chance to build some momentum. To that end, how about the Minnesota Vikings? And maybe I've been influenced because I was over at their minicamp a couple of days ago. You can feel there's just a different energy around that team. they still got a lot of playmakers on offense, starting out with Justin Jefferson and a productive quarterback in Kirk Cousins, along with that veteran defense. You look at early on in this season, yes, they have to go to Philly on a Monday night in week two. They got to go to London to face the Saints. But their other three games in the first five, home against the Packers, home against the Lions, home against the Bears. You've got your three division foes all in your building in the first five weeks of the season. To get ahead by winning those games, you can imagine the trickle-down effect that can have on the rest of your season.
5: Tom, you and I got to talk later. I have huge plans for the Vikings this year. I'm not even kidding. I really think they're going to be very, very, very good. Here's the thing that's going to be interesting with this last question. We're always very positive here, very constructive and everything. But as you know, horse racing and attending the races, sometimes it involves putting on a hat. I have this unconscionable derby hat I'm going to wear and probably get made fun of, but I'm going to try it when I go this weekend. There's something called a false favorite in horse racing. A false favorite... It's a horse that is, you know, it's a race favorite. Everyone's hyping them up. And yet, you know, they end up being outclassed and they're sort of just overhyped through it before the whole race. Pick a team right now in the NFL who, as we're sitting here in June, has the makings of a false favorite. Sean, who you got?
7: let's go false favorite in philly a lot of people think it's always sunny in philly but i have one big question mark what is jalen hurts like is he the guy is he not the guy we we've seen flashes oh man that guy's special I, I love his leadership i love his personality but they until you do it, it like people aren't gonna just jump on that bandwagon i mean unless you're a, a diehard hard fan and you're just like hey i don't care who the quarterback is i'm all in but I just look at their biggest competition in the division, the Dallas Cowboys. They got smoked last year. Dallas put up 41 in week three on them. They put up 51 on them at the end of the season. And then the playoff game against Tampa Bay, things did not go out well. They they, they started out 31 down 31 nothing. So uh, I've got some question marks down in Philly. And it's not just with Jalen Hurts, but there's some things defensively they got to correct.
1: I think it's the Raiders. We had a sampling of Josh yeah. McDaniels coaching before. It did not go well in Denver. We've seen what's happened to Patriots' assistance before around the league. A lot of them tend to strike out. There are some question marks, especially in the secondary there for that defense. There's also some question marks along that offensive line. We know Colton Miller is set there, but at the other four spots, they seem to be up in the air. Is is Leatherwood really the answer there? Then there's the trust level in Derek Carr when it comes to finding Devontae Adams. Carr also had Amari Cooper, let's remember, guys, and some wonder if that connection could have been utilized more. You know, one of those teams in the division has to go down, and I think if I have to put on a hat, there's the silver and black one. Well, if we're talking off-season hype, how about the hype surrounding this show, Good Morning
3: Football, winning a sports Emmy for Outstanding (laughs) Studio Show? Obviously, it's a long time coming. It's a success now paying yeah, off, yeah. but what happens when you have success? You begin to have attrition. First it was Burleson leaving for CBS. Now Adams has gone as well. Two big chairs that still have not been filled. Do the people behind the scenes have it in them to be able to fill those spots with the right people? Can Brandt and Schrager carry this show on a daily basis? Kyle, this is not always going to be the off season when you can do top five nose tackles named Vince Wilfork, okay? We're talking about the regular season, day in and day out. Can this show (laughs)
5: Tom, it's a great rant. I really appreciate it. And in a time like this, an emotional topic, you can only stick to the facts. The facts are two nominations with Burleson. The second he left, we won. You do the math, guys. That's horsing around. (laughs) That is the segment. We love it. All right, guys, what questions do we have about the NFC East? Is Jalen Hurts good? Is he
0: great? We'll get after the NFC East right after this.
5: Cowboys the whole Notiers this week ahead of next week's mandatory mini camp and after watching workouts yesterday their head coach Mike McCarthy he did what people do and that is give a glowing review of defensive rookie of the year Micah Parsons
7: yeah. I mean, he's rare the way he can put his foot in the ground and just explode. So, yeah, physically, he's, um, to answer your question, I don't know if there's anything he can't do. He's super competitive way, you know, you see him, whether he's playing chess or, you know, goofing around. So I think that's definitely part of his his greatness. And, you know, for young a for young man, he's done a lot quickly. But, man, I mean, he is, he is extremely gifted.
5: We love Micah Parsons. Everybody does. But let's actually step back for a second and let's look at his division. Look at the NFC East. There is no question about his potential and his future, but there are a lot of questions about other places in this division. What is the biggest one? When you look at these four teams, Will, what is the biggest question that pops into that beautiful mind of yours? The Giants and Daniel
1: Jones. Uh, I know it's low-hanging fruit. That is a massive question mark right there. He has one year to prove himself. Have the team declined his fifth-year option. Brian Dable is there. Develop Josh Allen and the Giants can only hope he can work his magic. Otherwise, it's Terod Taylor in schedule a very talented quarterback draft class. Yes, I'm already thinking ahead. Now, the Giants receiving core, we know, hit with a lot of injuries. That's not Jones' fault, but he needs to overcome this stuff and show that he can elevate those around them. He also can't be turnover prone either, as we know. Seven interceptions, 11 games last season, and my goodness, Kenny Galladay, get the man the ball. Zero touchdowns? No. He needs to get the ball, but also it would help if other people around him, Sean, were healthy. Those other people being chief among them, Saquon Barkley.
7: Yeah, they need Saquon to be healthy. They need the offense line to be healthy. Andrew Thomas had more touchdown catches than Kenny Galladay last year. I can't imagine an old lineman having bragging rights over a wide receiver. But <laughs> look at this, Giants. <laughs> the question marks were all over the offense. And it was, can they score points? Can they get a first down? They were stuck in neutral. I'm going with Saquon Barkley on this because you already hit Daniel Jones. And I just look at Saquon and I think, man, time comes at you quick. I feel like it was just yesterday that he was accepting the Rookie of the Year award on stage at NFL Honors and it was Odell Beckham handing it to him. When you look at Saquon, how explosive he was, and then now all of a sudden he's just banged up. He's missed 21 games over the last three seasons. We haven't seen those explosive plays that we saw him in his rookie year. I don't think he was himself last year, and then he got banged up again. This is mind-boggling right now, all right? As good as Saquon Barkley has been throughout his career, in the last two years he has two rushing touchdowns. That to me doesn't make any sense. And look, Saquon Barkley still has talent. I think he's hungry. I think he's got a lot of desire right now. I'm curious to see how he fits into this Brian Dable's offense, how he tries to use him. Dable's not a run first guy. He's kind of a throw first guy, but find ways to get my playmakers the football. So I'm curious to see those wrinkles. But um, I think when you look at Saquon Barkley, he reminds me of some of my kids toys you know like you get the newest coolest toy and they play with it for like 30 yeah. minutes and then it breaks and it doesn't work my three-year-old daughter we got her a kitchen sink as a gift for her yeah. birthday and she loved that thing i mean we could have left the house and gone and had dinner and come back she would still play with it, i thing after an hour the motor stopped working i've emailed the company i'm trying to get a new one i don't know what's wrong with it it's a great product it's a great kitchen she loves the hell out of it but after 30 minutes 45 minutes the motor shut out there's water in the battery in compartment. there it's it's completely flawed i want a new play kitchen sink for my daughter. Come on, Cute Stone, step up to the plate.
3: My big question in Who's the XC East is can the commanders settle things down enough to compete in that division? Because week in and week out, it just always seems like it's something, whether they're called the football team or the commanders or what they were called before that. You're going to, on any given day, have two players get into a fight on the sideline, or Congress demands the owner show up to testify, or the DEA is going to show up and raid your athletic trainer's offense, or your defensive coordinator is going to end up in hot water for voicing his thoughts on insurrection. This doesn't happen to other teams, and while that does not always directly impact the football, the football falls in line with those things sometimes for that organization. You go out and you get a quarterback in Carson Wentz, who, again, for all we've talked about what happened the last couple of weeks, he wasn't bad last season. He had good moments for the Colts. You got to figure out things out with Terry McLaurin, who's right now is in a contract dispute. Add that one to the list. But if he's out there, you have talent on offense. You certainly, with Chase Young and company, have talent on defense. Can they put it together and just put the nonsense aside long enough? It's a legitimate question because this is not a week of this or a month of this, or a year of this. This is years and years of these things happening to this organization. Can they finally make it go away and be competitive on the field at a higher level than they have been?
5: It's an absolutely brilliant question, and we have to ask those questions about the Washington Commanders right now. And this is when I'm supposed to come in and talk about the Cowboys and Eagles, but I can't, guys. I'm going back to the Giants, and to use Sean's comparison, like, you get a toy that breaks— what if you just get a very expensive toy that just it just is, you just don't like that much? It's just not that fun. And I'm back to the Daniel Jones thing, and I'll tell you why. So last night, uh, Brooke and I got a last minute invite to go to the Rangers game, the New York Rangers, and we went and it was electric at Madison Square Garden and they ended up choking and blowing it in the third period and they're probably screwed, but that's not here, they're there. (laughs) A lot of great Rangers fans there and my modesty aside, probably five or six times someone said, oh, hey, I love your good morning football show and I, oh, thank you so much. And when they do that, I always say, who's your team? And since these are Rangers fans in the garden, I'm talking like next to the beer stand, they go, oh, Giants, Giants, Giants. So I go, okay, how do you feel about that quarterback? How do you feel about Daniel Jones? Hitting him with questions. Every person who I said this to, they always go, when they hear how do you feel about Daniel Jones, they go, Well, here's the thing, or how do you feel about Daniel Jones? You know, how do you feel about Daniel Jones? Ah. It, it's always this breath that they take or this qualifier before they answer the question. None of these Giants fans say, Oh, I like him or no, I'm done with him. They always have to collect themselves and sort of steady themselves to muster the energy to buckle down and support him. And then inevitably it stumbles into some sort of talk about we got to get him an old line and all that. And then they say, all right, go Rangers. But not a single person said he's great. We're good or we need to get rid of him. So Sean, I got a couple questions. How did they get out of this purgatory? And way more importantly, Give us a little feeling of when you're emailing the Little Tykes Toy Company and with your strongly worded letter about their toy sink that doesn't work. What are you (laughs) writing in these emails? Because we all want to hear this.
7: Oh, I, I'm I'm very gentle. I I, I think that when, when you're rude, you you get no response. So I think you, you've got to kill them with right. kindness. No I love your product. My kid, it's a yeah. favorite toy. You lay it on thick and, and let them just you know try to. All right, hey, we, we got to make it up to this guy. He, they clearly love our product. Nice. Uh, to your point about Daniel Jones, look, I get the same questions. Giants fans, I feel like I've been their therapist for the last couple of years. They're like, you know, give me something, give me something to hang on to. And look, Daniel Jones knows it. I've had a chance to talk to him on a number of occasions this offseason he gets it like this kid's aware he understands what people are saying about him he understands what's at stake I think the one thing that, that, that I just would encourage him to do and I think Giants fans would like to see him do just go out there and sling it, man. Like, go out there and, like, like get get rid of the, the vanilla ice cream. You know, it worked well for Eli. Go ahead, let loose. Like, go ahead and yell at somebody. Go ahead and let your personality, he's a great kid, um, everybody on the team loves him, let that personality start to come out a little bit and take command uh, of that offense. I think that's what Giants fans really want to see. Um, and of course, KB, they're, they're trying to forget the last couple of years. So you keep bringing it up. Of course, it's painful. The grimace, you can see it on their face when they start thinking about what's transpired over the last couple of years.
5: Go ahead and yell at somebody is what you should do with the toy company, Sean. You know how you can afford to be polite with your emails? Because at the bottom of your email signature, it says Super Bowl champion and TV star. So you just count on that yeah. doing the heavy yeah, lifting right. for you.
0: And I respect it, Sean.
3: It is time now for another edition of GMWR. All this long, we've been doing top five lists in a variety of wide receiver categories. So today, I am wrapping up this week with my list of the top five underrated wide receivers in NFL history. None of these guys are in the Hall of Fame, yet all of them in one way or another certainly have Hall of Fame type Credentials. Let's start out at number five with the longtime Jaguar, Jimmy Smith, a guy who looks like a lot of the receivers in the NFL right now in terms of the size and the speed. And he had a remarkable journey, second-round pick by the Cowboys back in 1992. He had some injuries there, released without playing a game, goes to camp with the Eagles, gets released the following year. He didn't have a catch until his fourth year in the league in 1995, and all he did was go on to make five Pro Bowls. If you go back and look at the most seasons with 1,000 receiving yards at the time that Jimmy Smith decided to walk away after 2005, only Jerry Rice had more 1,000 yard seasons and Smith was tied with another Hall of Famer, Tim Brown. Jimmy Smith certainly belongs on the underrated wide receiver list. Let's go now to number four, a guy who still has a shot to make the Hall of Fame, Tory Holt, the longtime Ram, was actually hosting Total Access with us a couple of weeks ago. Of course, a member of the Greatest Show on Turf. He won a Super Bowl with the Rams, seven-time Pro Bowl selection, and just an absolute game-breaker. Again, you go back when his career ended. If you're talking consecutive seasons with at least 1,300 receiving yards, which was largely unheard of prior to the days of the Greatest Show on Turf, Torrey Holt had the most... Six seasons of at least 1,300 receiving yards. If you calculate that out to what he was doing in a week-in and week-out basis, Tory Holt always made an impact. Now at number three, let's stick with the same franchise, albeit through a couple of different cities here. The Rams, Henry Ellard makes this list. And of course, Henry Ellard also went on, had some pretty good days. With the Washington football team 16 NFL seasons in all never really had great quarterback play go back through the list the guys he caught passes from Jeff Kemp, Jim Everett, Heath Shuler when he was in Washington yet again another player that when he walked away after the 1998 season he was top 10 in receptions he was third all-time in receiving yards tied for third in 1,000 yards receiving seasons in my very earliest days of playing fantasy football with family members henry ellard was always a very popular pick that's not the only reason but let's be honest it's maybe a little bit of the reason that he makes this list as well at number two a player who would absolutely be in the hall of fame if his career had not been cut short sterling sharp the former green bay packer go back to his three years that he had with Brett Favre from 1992 to 1994. He averaged 105 catches, 1,285 yards, and 14 touchdowns. You look at his highlight reel. He's as good as any receiver in the NFL today. Ended up retiring after the 1994 season because of a neck injury. Last year, Tony Baselli was elected to the Hall of Fame. He only played seven seasons before injuries cut his career short. Sterling Sharp now out of Hall of Fame eligibility, but he played the same amount of seasons, seven in all. It's a crime that he's not in the Hall of Fame, maybe something that they'll take up down the line. And again, he walked away 14th in receptions, third receiving yards per game, tied for 26 in touchdowns. But he did that in only seven years, just seven, way shorter than all those Hall of Famers ended up playing in their careers. Finally, at number one, I know we've built up a lot of drama. Of course, across the course of this list, this name might be less familiar, especially to younger fans than the other names that we had on this list. It is the longtime wide receiver starting in the 1960s, Harold Jackson. If you don't know that name, let me present you the highlights of Harold Jackson, and you tell me that there is a more fun guy to watch with the ball in his hands. He made five Pro Bowls over 16 seasons, he's breaking tackles, he's not a huge guy in space. He was elusive, he was tough to stop, didn't retire until after 1983, and he does have the stats to match up with anybody else. When he walked away after the 1983 season, the only player in NFL history with more receiving yards than him was Don Maynard. Who is in the Hall of Fame, as are Lance Allworth, Charlie Joyner, and Raymond Berry, the other guys who were in the top five at that point in NFL history. And then through the 1970s, number one in receptions, number one in receiving yards, number one in receiving touchdowns. He was not elected to the all-decade team for the 1970s, which certainly you would think worked against him in terms of his Hall of Fame candidacy, but... They're listed right there. Harold Jackson, number one on my list for top five underrated receivers of all time, joined by Sterling Sharp, Henry Ellard, Torrey Holt, Jimmy Smith, Kyle Grant. Your thoughts?
5: I have incredible respect for this list, Tom. Incred- Harold Jackson, uh, a 12th round pick out of Jackson State. Pulling from the headlines. Incredible that you heralded him there. Quickly, um, I think if Sterling Sharp uh, would not have gotten injured and would have gone with Favre through all those MVP seasons of the 90s, we could be having a conversation with him and Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. He was that good. Lastly, Torrey Holt. What works against him is Kurtz in, Marshall's in, Isaac's in, Orlando's in. There are already four Hall of Famers from one huddle, and that's not Torrey Holt's fault. Torrey Hart deserved to be in as well. What do you, what do you got, Will?
1: I totally agree. I think I would add one name to that list to another Smith. Rod Smith doesn't get talked about a lot just because he's overshadowed by Terrell Davis and John Elway. Over 11,000 yards in his career, slightly less than Michael Irvin. 1,100 yards in a Super Bowl season. He had over 1,600 yards one year with Brian Greasy and Gus Farratt as his quarterback. And then one year he led the league in catches with Brian Greasy, as well so Rod smith great name that's out there either way tom that was an excellent list felt like i learned a lot closing seconds here on good morning football gents it has been a fun fun week but doesn't sound like it's as fun as
5: what kyle you're doing this weekend my man I got an invite to go to the Belmont Stakes, Very glamorous, glorious horse race. It's only about 30 minutes away from where I live, guys. And here's my deal. I've never been to the Derby. I've never been to the Preakness, I've never been to anything like this. I'll tie it to the NFL. Most of the experiences I have about going to fancy horse races are watching the superstars. Rodgers. Brady, Rappaport, like, those are the guys who go to the horse races. So other than, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll have what Welker had that one time when he was there. I don't have much of a game plan, and I do have a admitted insecurity about what I'm going to wear to this. You, the loyal viewer, know that most of my wardrobe consists of uh, Karate Kid Top Gun t-shirts and Ultimate Warrior stuff. So what you need to do is you need to have some sort of, like, fashion muse so I'm gonna to go to a stylist this afternoon and be like, here's my muse. Can you make me look like this person? And I'll just kill the red carpet. That's how I'm gonna show up to the bum on stakes. What do you think, Tom?
3: <laughs> that suit, I believe, is still hanging in a closet somewhere in my house. I can FedEx this overnight to you, Kyle, if you wear it, because it is oversized enough, I think it might fit you, it was in the mid-2000s, uh, we will have something very special for you next week.
1: Thanks,
5: buddy. Love Friday. you. Will, it's
1: been a great week. I, I, sounds like a segment. Life's
4: yes, it has. See you, it guys, has. So enjoy See you the guys. Have a good weekend.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
4: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
1: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success.
4: From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, small business success stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working